Inside the Adventure, episode number 42 with Keegan McColl. If you've ever been afraid to step outside your comfort zone, then you're in the right place. Inside the Adventure features incredible athletes and everyday people sharing their epic stories of pushing life to its limits. Get ready to be inspired, face your fears, and take action with your host, Marshall Mosier. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Inside the Adventure. This is your host, Marshall Mosher, and today we get to hear the story of Keegan McColl, the co-founder of Slipstream, a new content platform commonly referred to as the Netflix for Adventure Films. Passionate about the outdoors and the environment, Keegan has rock climbed in Oman, paddled the Arctic Circle, and surfed all three coasts of Africa. Keegan studied at the Williams School of Business at Bishop University, worked at Hootsuite before starting Slipstream, and grew up on Salt Spring Island, a unique community off the coast of British Columbia that served as the initial stomping grounds of that passion for the outdoors, adventure, and photography that initially led Keegan to where he is today. Looking back at the childhood, I think I had a pretty unique childhood in that I grew up on a small island on the west coast of Canada. Uh, on this 12-acre hobby farm. Uh, So I was playing outside with my brothers since birth, basically. And the one thing my dad always drilled into us was, you know, we didn't move across the country for you guys to live here and play video games uh, inside all day. So we were pretty much forced to to be outside a ton of the time, um, which, you know, looking back was great. Um, Raised by... Two parents that really were passionate about the outdoors as well. Uh, my mom is a, works for the school district and introduces new programming um, and teaches teachers how to teach kids. And so she's um, a big, big project for her is teaching teachers how to teach kids outside. So they have a ton of outdoor programs on the island I grew up Um teaching kids, you know, how to learn, play, socialize outside in the outdoors and bringing the classroom outdoors, uh, which is a really cool concept and something that she's passionate about. So when she's raising us, kind of the same principles applied. Uh, We were outdoors a ton um, and it kind of shaped our childhood that way. And then my dad uh, is a bush pilot and flies up and down the coast of B.C., uh, for 30 years. And so he would take us up, you know, these really remote places, glaciers and lakes and, and beaches. And you kind of develop a sense of uh, survivalism, I guess, or just kind of living out um, in, the, in the outdoors without any of those amenities that we're used to. So when you're raised by two parents like that, <laughs> you're pretty, you, you grow a passion to the outdoors. And, um, you, you don't shake that. So you grew up in a really unique place. You were actually on an island off the coast of British Columbia, right? That's right. Yeah. What was, where was it? What was it called? Uh, you know, geographically kind of uh, give us, paint us the picture for us. Yeah. So the island is called Salt Spring Island. It's the largest Gulf Island. And uh, the Gulf Islands are the equivalent to the American San Juan Islands just outside of Seattle and Puget Sound. Um, so there's this imaginary line that divides us, but you know they're they're very similar. Uh, really focused on artists. There are a ton of uh, hobby farms, 
uh, kind of this uh, left-wing liberal community out in the islands. And it's, it's right in between Vancouver and Vancouver Island. Um, so we have two, uh, we're kind of wedged in between two metropolises, uh, Victoria being on the island. So uh, Salt Spring is kind of the biggest of the Gulf Islands. Um, we grew up going, you know, elementary, middle, and high school there. And all the, all the outer island kids from all the other Gulf Islands jump on a water taxi every day and come to our island. So it's the one with the high school and the, the hospital and the police station. All the services are concentrated on one island. So it sounds like really small and remote, but you have kind of all the things that you need there to, to grow a family. It sounds like an incredible place, and it seems like just based on the location and the environment alone, it seems like it has a pretty outdoorsy culture just inherently built into it. Is that right? Yeah, totally. It's, uh, it's a big escape for a lot of the folks who live on Vancouver, in Vancouver and even in Victoria. So a lot of parents will send their kids to Salt Spring for kind of outdoorsy camps or, you know, have their cottage there air on the lake or on the ocean. So um, naturally, there's like a ton of hiking and, you know, just a lot of woods to play in growing up. So uh, not only me, but, you know, all my friends and everyone who grew up on those islands um, kind of share that same passion for the outdoors. It sounds like even though it's kind of a double-edged sword. There's amazing things you can get involved with, but also probably a lot of opportunities to get yourself into trouble when you're growing up a little bit. Did, uh, do you have any stories of times when something like that may have happened? <laughs> uh, it's hard to say. You know, you just like, you constantly fall and scrape your knees and broken bones and that kind of stuff, but nothing that that kind of, yeah, that damages you too much. I would take uh, the outdoors and living like that over living in a, a sheltered suburban community any day, I think. So nothing like borrowing your dad's bush plane and, you know, crashing out in the Alaskan wilderness or... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got into tons of mischief, uh, you know, on every family trip we would go and um, there's this one story where we flew up to a mountain lake and, uh, dad would, dad would work for a, a bush plane operation in Vancouver. So we'd, you know, shuttle folks from Vancouver to Victoria every day in, in the seaplane. But, um, on the summers he would fly us up to a mountain lake and leave mom and the three boys to f- kind of fend for themselves while he commutes and like still does his day job. Um, but one of the, one of the mornings he'd tied the, the beaver, the bush plane to uh, a huge boulder on the slope of a mountain in the lake. And, uh, as he was taking off to go to work, he, um, he forgot to untie the plane from the boulder and, you know, powered it up, drew the throttle to max. And he's looking around, he's like, why, why am I not going anywhere? Until this huge boulder starts moving down the mountain and, you know, we're just kind of coming out of our tents. What's going on? Screaming and yelling at him. Um, luckily, no one got hurt. The plane's all right. But it, that was like, you know, just a comedy of errors. It's a classic story from, <laughs> from childhood. Wow, that's funny. I'm glad the, the boulder didn't land on the plane or anything <laughs> like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Did you have any brothers or sisters growing up? Yeah, two brothers. I'm the youngest of the family. Oh, that's awesome. And do you get a chance to, to go back and visit every now and then? 
Yeah, actually, I was just there last weekend and the weekend before. It's tough, you know, living in Vancouver. Um, you're surrounded by wilderness and mountains and, um, you know, these amazing places. So um, even though Salt Spring sounds like this incredible place, there's, uh, it's in high competition with a bunch of other stuff that I like to do. So sometimes neglect getting back there as much as I should. But oh, well, uh, of course, that's normal. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So after growing up there and, and going through elementary school, middle school, and high school, where did you go from there? Then I moved out east to Quebec. Um, I took a gap year after high school and university just to kind of go out and uh, figure out what uh, life outside Salt Spring was like. And turns out stuff was really different outside of our kind of sheltered island community. Had you traveled and, much from living there? Yeah, you know, you there most of a little bit like family vacations to Mexico and um, I I had done a few longer canoe treks like up in the north in Nunavut in Canada's north and up in northern Vancouver Island. Um, but as classic, you know, travel goes, uh, not a whole lot, which is why uh, Europe kind of beckoned the classic backpacker trip. Um so I jumped into that and traveled Europe for seven months in between high school and university and um, really got this, you know, passion for traveling and, and the outdoors and understood that, you know, life was, uh, there was a lot more life to live outside of Salt Spring, um, which brought me to Quebec. Um, I wanted to go to school somewhere in Canada, but somewhere very different. And um, Quebec was kind of that place, this small little borough liberal arts uh, university uh, just outside of Montreal um, where I studied uh, business and film studies and entrepreneurship um, and, uh, and went there for four years. So studying business entrepreneurship and film sounds like you had a very um, good understanding before you got started of, of what you wanted to do. Was, was that, gap year you did in Europe and the lifestyle you had before something that really helped you decide what you wanted to do going into college to get the right things to do what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my dad was, uh, an entrepreneur himself. So he, he started a small airline on Salt Spring. And then when I was traveling in Europe, I worked for an, a, a small, uh, guest house, uh, outdoor operator, that ran kayaking trips and climbing trips. And so I got to know the owner real well and got to know the business side as well as, um, you know, the trip and guiding side. Uh, so that kind of opened my eyes to, you know, you, being, being in business and being an entrepreneur also has a pretty creative side and you can do the stuff that you love, but you can also make a living out of it, which um, I, I really fell in love with. So studying at Bishop's in Quebec, I wanted to figure out uh, how, that, how that would make sense. And, and entrepreneurship was kind of my answer to that. So what happened from there after you were studying in school? How did you go down the path towards working with Real House? Yeah, so that happened pretty much right after university. I um, kind of bummed around Montreal for a bit and had a few odd jobs and um, enjoyed my summer after graduation and then came back to uh, the West Coast, really missed the mountains and the ocean and kind of the outdoor community here. So I came back and um, a few friends were starting up this company called Real House. Uh, 
Uh, and that aligned with my passions in film and entrepreneurship and, uh, and tech. So um, we started the company uh, in the August, yeah, in the summer just after university. Uh, and it started off as a, a website for filmmakers. So anyone with a film who couldn't get traditional means of distribution, like, you know, say um, Netflix or getting um, into Blockbuster or getting a DVD de- deal, um, there wasn't a whole lot of options for them. So we started a company called Real House where you could, you could kind of run your own distribution strategy. And um, it it kind of took off from there. We we launched in the summer of 2012, um, right after Christmas in 2013. We partnered with the Sundance Institute. They reached out and loved what we were doing in terms of, you know, empowering filmmakers and allowing them to, you know, run their own distribution strategy. Um, and then after that, um, uh, Warner Brothers made an investment in the company and. Uh, moved us all down to Los Angeles for uh, for a summer, and we lived out of this big old 1920s um, mansion outside of Koreatown in LA, and lived and worked uh, outside of the in in the house. And uh, I'd you know wake up every morning, go down to Topanga Beach and Sunset Beach and surf, and then get back into the house before our 10 a.m. meeting, and uh, run out to. Burbank to visit Warner Brothers and meet with clients out there. Uh, so it was a, that was a crazy summer. It sounds like it. So you were at this point really following your passion of filmmaking and entrepreneurship. Um, but tell us more about how the outdoors and your passion for all the things that you'd experienced before factored more into what you're doing with Real House and how that turned into what you're working on now. Totally. Uh, so Real House was kind of catering a very independent filmmaker crowd. So folks at Sundance and Tribeca and really artistic creative types that um, use the product really well. And so that was kind of our main demographic. But the passions that I had were were more aligned with uh, the outdoors and adventure and action sports. And so you can even see that in Real House and the product today. You can see... Um, uh, the the content definitely, uh, although it was created for the independent filmmaker uh, from the Sundance crowd, there's a ton of you know surf filmmakers and um, and snowboarding and skiing and and climbing, and so uh, we kind of sat down and looked at that a year ago and realized that hey you know 87 percent of our transactions are happening in the action sports vertical we should really leverage that and create a product for that community since they're pretty underserved right now. Um, so although we still, Real House still um, runs and we still operate that, I've shifted my focus more into the action sports product that we created just recently, which is called Slipstream. And um, Slipstream is is something that we're stoked about. It's a, it's a Netflix for action sports films or adventure films. So anyone who loves, you know, rock climbing or skiing or surfing or snowboarding or mountain biking, um, they can find all the best films in those verticals on Slipstream and pay five bucks a month to stream them all. That's incredible. It sounds like with Slipstream, 
it's finally this project that combines your passion, your experience with film, with that interest in the outdoors in a really creative, unique way. How did you start the idea of Slipstream in the first place? Was that something that um, you came up with kind of as a combination of these two things? Or was it really more of looking at the demographics of who was uh, mainly your customer at Real House? It's, you know, it's a number of factors, right? Um, living in Vancouver and, and knowing the scene here, just since I'm out in the mountains and adventuring every weekend, you really get to know a sense of the community. And some of the best adventure filmmakers live right here on the West Coast in the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, when you're looking these things up on Vimeo and Netflix and iTunes, um, you realize that they're really reflecting, you know, not only this part of the world, but all these other parts of the world that you really want to visit. Um, so in doing that, we always struggled with kind of this centralized spot. You know, you, you have to go to all these different platforms and there's not really one specific community um, out there or one website where you can all congregate. And then there's not really anyone curating the best in adventure sport films out there. So all those things combined uh, made us think there's a real void for a product like Slipstream um, and, and someone needs to, get, to create that. And then, so that's on the viewer's side, but then on the creator's side, it's the same, right? So um, a ton of adventure sports filmmakers are out there and they're, they're not really monetizing in a meaningful way where they're not making you know, a ton of money from the content they're creating, even though the content's really popular and being shared a ton. And if you look at that community, that community is growing every day. Um, production materials like drones and sound equipment and cameras are becoming a lot more affordable. Um, so you can make, you know, a Hollywood, uh, a Hollywood style production quality piece for a budget that's a lot smaller today. And so that's being attainable by more and more creators, meaning that better and better content is surfacing to the top. So uh, when you look at those two equations from the creator perspective and the viewer perspective, um, both communities are, are really yearning for uh, a product like Slipstream, which, um, you know, sitting down and scratching our heads for the last couple of years, we're like, maybe, you know, maybe that could just work. So what's it been like so far? How's the um, uh, kind of the feedback with, with launching uh, Slipstream? Yeah, it's been incredible. Um, we launched in, uh, in January of 2017, so just a few months ago. But even our soft launch, when we just opened it up to friends and family and a few other community members, that even leaked out to a couple places like Reddit and um, people uh, that kind of blew up on a few different threads without us knowing and looking at our Google Analytics and a couple different metrics that we follow, um, we figured out that, hey, you know, this the product, even though unfinished, is leaked out and, and people are loving it already, which was a, a pretty exciting moment for us. Uh, and then shortly after our hard launch, um, uh, you know, incredible folks have reached out from, you know, guys like Chris Burkhardt and Cyrus Sutton and, and companies like Patagonia and... Um, you know, all these heroes that we've looked up to for years and years um, are now approaching us and saying, what you're doing is really incredible. How can we be a part of it? So that's been a, a really exciting a couple months. And 
And looking forward into the summer, we've got a ton of things lined up in terms of partnerships and um, marketing promotions and, and festivals. So, uh, yeah, we're set to, set to grow in the next couple of months for sure. That's extremely exciting. And with starting a company, obviously, there's so many ups and downs of of the journey and constantly really, you know, that nagging sense of doubt in the back of your mind. How's it been over the past, uh, you know, five, six months since since launching um, with people being so excited about it and people reaching out to you like Patagonia and Chris? Um, what's that feel like for you guys? It's super validating. Um, feels amazing. We know that we're on the right track. You know, we've we've been building Real House for four years, and um, you know, we launch different products and different films here and there. And you always struggle to get it out to the press and um, get it known and get it, um, you know, get folks interested in it. And with Slipstream, it was almost the opposite, where the press was generated organically, and you'd get one press lead, but that would multiply and a ton of other folks would pick it up without even contacting us or or even us contacting them. So it's uh that's been really cool to watch and and see grow. That's really exciting. So you're finally working on this amazing combination of your passions for videography and the outdoors. Um but for someone that wants to get into something themselves that combines their interests together into a profession, what advice would you give to uh, help someone get started? I mean, at the end of the day, what we, what I and, and the team here at Real House and Slipstream did is we just kind of sat down and figured out what product would we really want to use and, you know, want to like go home after work and fire up and, and talk to our friends about and that came kind of, you know, kind of accidentally through Real House and Substream, but um, um, something that you know, something that you're you're passionate about and and think about a lot. Um, it, it's convenient that it kind of built on our strengths in um, creating great video products and being knowledgeable about the outdoors. But um, I, yeah, I would recommend that. I mean, sit down and think really hard about you know, a product or a service that you would really want to see out there and that you would really love to use. And if it's something that you're passionate about and would want to use, then chances are that a ton of other people are going to want to as well. Did you envision this type of job when you first decided to go to school and study entrepreneurship and business and film? You know, it's it's a tough one, right? Because I mean, traditionally, business is um, you know you think about the guy in the cubicle, you know, kind of just counting down the hours, um, dealing with a boss. But studying business for four years—that's something that I really knew that I didn't want to do, um, which kind of drove me to entrepreneurship and, and doing kind of your own thing. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's not something that's traditional in this, in that kind of work, but it's something that, you know, I really realized I wanted to chase, um, after the first couple of years of school. Was doing something like this always in the plan or did it really kind of happen to come up through a series of opportunities and fortuitous events and in meeting your friends and the, your co-founders for Real House? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, something that I dreamed up uh, years ago at all. We um, we kind of, the the co-founder of 
Real House, really conceptualized Real House, um, even before I came on the scene. And um, just kind of working in in a small tech startup and something with video and something with streaming um, after a couple of years, then kind of ideas formulated and seeing a ton of content come up on the platform that was more catered to action sports and adventure films. Um, so it kind of, when you think about it, it kind of does, did come unexpectedly. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it still aligns with, you know, my, my passions with um, being being unique to entrepreneurship and also being involved in um, the outdoor community. What do you see yourself doing in 10, 15 years down the road? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I really hope that Real House and Slipstream survives down the road and, and grows into a much larger company. I think there's a real need out there for not only um, a community where you can, you know, centralize around and, and watch great films, but also, you know, exchange gear and write trip reports and go on trips and meet other people. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of room to grow and the vision that we have for Slipstream is a lot larger than it is today. Um, so I hope it's something involved in that. Um, I'd also love to get more on the production side of, of films and, and producing films and even filming some stuff. So um, that's that's kind of the dream down the road. And with all of these films, they're you really can't help it but be inspired by watching them and almost want to go out and do those things yourself. Is that tied into kind of the legacy and the mission of, of what you want Real House and Slipstream to achieve? Like what, what is the, the big why for, um, for all the hard work that you're putting into this? Yeah, uh, totally. So, I mean, a lot of us, a, a lot of folks around us compare us to a Netflix of adventure films, but Deep in our, our vision, we kind of want to be the anti-Netflix. Netflix really kind of draws you in and, excuse me, Netflix really draws you in and um, makes you want to binge watch for hours and hours and hours. But with Slipstream, we want to inspire you over, you know, a feature-length documentary or a, a short film, um, but get inspired to close the laptop and get out there and experience some of these adventures or go out there and push your limits and discover the outdoors and learn a lot more about yourself. Um, so that's kind of, I guess that's the vision that's a little bit deeper with Slipstream is although it is a technology product and a product that um, is built to kind of, you know, watch and, and stare at your computer screen. Um, the larger vision is, is that we hope to inspire folks to get out there and, and experience a lot more than just hanging out and sitting on the couch and watching videos. Absolutely. It's the perfect combination of both being able to watch amazing content, but still wanting to get off the couch and, and go do it. It's perfect. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's something that Slipstream really uh, produces is a night with your buddies watching ski films and then, you know, going out there and shredding the next day. Uh, and so uh, that's really what we hope to produce. That's awesome. Well, if you could work with any content creator, Anyone out there that you're not currently working with, who would it be? Oh, man. Got so many. Uh, John John Florence is an incredible surfer, but also a really creative and talented filmmaker. 
um, guys like Cyrus Sutton and Chris Burkhardt and the great folks at Patagonia would, you know, love to do more stuff with them. Um, there's, there's a real, there's a real list that I've got, um, <laughs> that I'd love to work with for sure. Well, hey, you never know. Maybe one of them is listening to this right now. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Well, it's incredible what you guys have done with Slipstream and Real House. And I don't see any problem at all as to why you guys couldn't, um, you know, one day be a, a way bigger household name than, than Netflix. So keep up the awesome work. Awesome. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. The same. Um, well, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to have you on and I can't wait to see the growth and the progress and, and obviously some of the incredible videos that you guys post on the site soon. Totally. Thanks, Marshall. Thanks for having me and keep streaming. Thanks for listening to another episode of Inside the Adventure. That was Keegan McColl with Slipstream, who, in addition to being pretty proficient at a number of action outdoor sports, he actually also designs some of his own gear. He's made his own split board for snowboarding, as well as his current projects of making a mobile sauna in his backyard. If you or someone you know has your own adventure story and would like to be featured on the show, you can contact us by visiting vestigo.co slash podcast. While on our website, you can also listen to our past episodes and subscribe to the show. Remember, your next adventure is right around the corner. The only thing stopping you is you. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on Inside the Adventure.